Malcolm, Peter, what about the rest of us? Come on. I'm the guts and the glue. So we just did a whole show <laughs> and found out the mic wasn't on. So what we're going to do is yeah. after we do this show, we're going to play the original show, and Peter is going to dub in what he actually said. Welcome to Stand Up Memories. <laughs> that, that, see? And uh, we've got a terrific show. Jackie the Joke Man Marlings, front and center. I'm Peter Bales, and our special guest, Courtney Otero. Is this on? My mic is on, and we're good. And this show is about starting out in stand-up comedy. I don't care who you are, if you're a comedian, you have to start somewhere, and it's never mm -hmm. easy. And Courtney is one of the new comedians on the scene here on Long Island. And she's going to share her experience with a couple of oldsters who remember when we started out. I think it was much tougher because we didn't have comedy classes. Yeah. Uh, we had to go to open mic nights right straight off. And it, it was, was difficult. <coughs> For me, I played in a band and told jokes. Told dirty jokes. That's what I do. Told dirty <laughs> jokes. I played in a band and told dirty jokes. But we worked in these, you can't say rough and tumble because that gives the wrong connotation, but you know, beer joints and scre screaming people, and sometimes they paid attention more than others. And you spent 90% of your energy getting there, getting there, we're over here, we're telling jokes, we're playing songs, and then all of a sudden you get on the stage, you catch a rising star, and the focus is on you, and, right. and it's, like, it's like a bull in a china shop. But when I went on the first time, I put together six pages of jokes and studied and studied and studied to where I thought I knew him. I took a lot of jokes, and I wasn't married, but my, my wife this, my wife that, my wife this, my wife that. And I got up on stage. At, you got in line to catch a rising star, and you got a number. Mm. And you're lucky you get 20. But then you think you're getting closer, and then David Brenner walks in and does 45 yeah. minutes. You get a little closer, and Ed Bluestone does 40 minutes. And all of a sudden, it's oh. 2 in the morning. There's nobody there. And I finally get on stage, <clears throat> and there's a smattering of people, but there's like four people, two young people and two old people, man, woman, man, woman. And I imagine it was a couple, in my mind, from the Midwest, and their daughter and her boyfriend or her, their son and his wife, whatever. And I was nervous, and it was horrible, and I got six pages of me and my wife. And the first thing out of my mouth, I said, my girlfriend. Oh, my God. <laughs> which just destroyed, and I didn't have anywhere near the presence of mind to change every single, and I just, I have no idea what happened for the next three minutes. I have no idea. All I know is I was stumbling and freaking and stumbling and freaking, and all of a sudden, in a stage whisper, the guy in the front says to his wife, how much can we take? <laughs> oh, my God. And I could still hear him. Rick Newman, who owned, who owned, who owned Catch a Rising Star, that's his favorite story. He loved oh, it. That's so traumatizing. He was a big Stern fan. He said, hey, oh, he loves the fact that I, uh, I was, <laughs> I can't even tell you how. How, how much, much can, can we, we take? take? Uh, so so oh that's, that's. This yeah. is Courtney. Otera, and now, she was in your class. She was in my comedy class, StandUpUniversity.com, where we spend five weeks preparing 
completely new comedians to go up and do their first show. Mm -hmm. She was wonderful. And now she's yeah. out there on the scene doing open mic nights and getting booked where she can book. And she start, she, she's an actress, so she had like one leg up. Did you come on his, to his program with people you knew or was all? Um, I just like heard about it through family friends. Um, but I'm saying but you weren't in the class with other people oh, yeah, you knew. No, I, I didn't know them to start with, but um, yeah, I came from an acting background and I ended up really enjoying stand-up after that. And you're still in college now? Yeah, I'm a, a junior, junior where? Uh, Five Towns College. Oh, a true <laughs> football powerhouse, Five Towns <laughs> College, and uh, a theater major, I understand. Yeah, theater major. Good for you. I Thank was an you. undergraduate theater major. Oh, actually, I absolutely was, oh my God. And, and you know, it took four years to discover I cannot act at all. Oh. <laughs> I love Robert Klein's line. I couldn't do Shakespeare without spitting. <laughs> That's but you love acting, comedic acting, and mm -hmm. stand-up, and you don't know which way you're going to go yet, right? Yeah, I'm just seeing where I end up, honestly. Like, I'm a huge SNL fan, so like, if I ever got on SNL, I would... So you have, a, you have a specific goal. <laughs> That's yeah. very cool. Good. That's very cool. Very good. Very good. Now, Is that a four-year or two-year college? Uh, four-year. So I'm in my third. Wow. All right. And you're going to get out in four years? That's a miracle. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Now, so the good, the bad, and the ugly. Did she make you laugh? She made me laugh. She makes a lot oh, of people thank laugh. thank you. And when it's good, it's good. When stand-up mm -hmm. comedy, we all, it's, the old saying is, and, and you will know exactly what I'm talking about. If it's about. funny, they laugh. If you're doing well before an audience, and they're laughing, and you're in control, it's better than sex. It's at least for guys. It's better than se You know what I'm talking about. I don't remember. <laughs> now. I mean, I haven't had a laugh in that long. But you know. <laughs> Courtney, how much can we take? <laughs> um, no, it, it, there's people, you know, when you're done with your show and you're sitting there, I, I sign my books and sell stuff and people are like, oh, that's so great, so much fun, how do you do that? And I tell, always say the same thing. When you're doing great up there, there is no better job in the world. Yeah. Absolutely. And when I you're really sucking agree. up there, there is no worse job in the world. Yeah. If there's no, there is no middle ground. You now, know? you know the good. Because yeah. you've, you've had because great Because you, you feel it. Like, like when okay. I'm up there and it's going well, like I'm just enjoying it so much and I like react off the audience, but then like, you know, sometimes there'll be times when even if the audience is enjoying it, you don't feel it and it's kind of kind of like you going through the motions and yeah, sometimes you're playing tennis against a padded wall, you know. Yeah. Now the bad. No wait, now when you're doing a show, say um so they're actually booking you for shows. I don't even know anymore. Are you doing 10 minutes? Are you doing 25 minutes? Are um, you doing? The most I've done is 10, but I typically do around seven or eight. Um, so that's like on average what I do. And you're always breaking in new stuff. Yeah, yeah. So if I want to like add something new, um, I usually just like add in like one or two jokes because if I add in too many, like I'll mess up my set. Oh no, and, like, you absolutely. Know, you got to stick with what works. Too. Absolutely, that's the way. Um, yeah. How now you, you told us she had to stand up and do her act, right? Here on the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. That's fine. That's a pet peeve. Of You'll mine. be following him. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, I love how you guys are like matching right now with your shirts. 
Thank you. We yeah. uh, we had a phone call earlier today. We went through our closets together. Oh, actually. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh we my did. God, I love that. We did. We do that. You got to. You got to yeah. do that. We you do know, that. If you're in a band, you have matching shirts, matching even shoes. Even when we don't have a show, we like to go through our closets Aww. together. If I knew I had on the same shirt as him, I would have killed myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so, I want to. I want to ask you about the the tough part of it. It's uh, and you are you have experienced bad shows. And mm -hmm. the, do you bring that home with you? Do you do you feel bad the next day? Do you blame yourself? Um, do you I, I never ask my kids or encourage my kids, my own sons, to go into stand up because I couldn't imagine them facing the pain and the suffering that everybody yeah. faces when you start out. It is such a horrible feeling. But not when you start out. I I don't know how long. You, you, there's many times you can do a show. And the fact that you stink has nothing to do with you. You know, it's a horrible, you know, the people are facing the wrong way or they're all German or, you know, there's a million different things that can go wrong. But I still carry it with me until the next time. I do too. And some, yeah. you, you know, the, sometimes your next gig is the next night. Sometimes it's not for three weeks. And you tell yourself it's not bothering you, but it is bothering you. It is bothering you. Because in your mind, like, oh, geez, you know, but yeah, yeah, I can't care. Geez, you know. Wow. Have you had... Tough shows where afterwards. Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna be honest. Like, it, it definitely does affect me. Like, when it doesn't go that well, and I've never like completely bombed yet or had like a really terrible show. But you know, there's been shows that weren't as great as others. Now, do you um, go out go out with the other comics afterwards? Um, I do actually. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Because that's that's the whole. Oh, that's so much fun. We'll all go out to a diner and that's everything. That. Oh, I'm so and, glad um, you guys do that. Sometimes I'm like the only girl. I was so, I was, I was yeah. so scared she was going to look at me actually, like, what are, you, "What are you talking like, about? Like, what's yeah. a diner? Diners close early now. That's what's so shocking. Some of them do. Yeah, yeah I think it's because of COVID. Like, well, I think they used to close early. early when they knew you had just had a set. <laughs> <laughs> Once I went to the diner with my friends and like we were still eating and they literally started turning off the lights. I think they were like giving us a hint. Like, I it was think so. Strange. Are you with your friends or with the comics you work with? I was with like my my friends that weren't comedians, but typically like I'll go to the diner after shows with like my comedian friends. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. Now, so you make you do make close friends mm -hmm. in stand up, and that and sometimes lifelong friends. Yeah, which and it's is really terrific. nice because we're just like a whole community and like um, we just all relate to each other, go through the same experiences in this industry. So and it's right, nice right, right. And that, it just like it that. just melds the whole thing together. It's very important. Yeah. You know? And the, the stories of doing crummy are just, you know, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, that's what you, you tend to talk about at the diner is not the good shows, but the but laughing at yourself and <laughs> yeah. at your friends who've had bad shows. Definitely. Bad conditions. But you're in a situation where you know, you're in a comedy club or an open mic night. Jackie, you've had to turn off televisions before going. Tell, talk about that. That Ooh. in the in the old days, before God created heaven and earth, <laughs> there were no comedy clubs, <clears throat> and I had oh. played in a band, and so I had a guitar amplifier and my guitar and a microphone. And I would play in clubs. You know, aside from my band, I knew I kind of had to split off, so I play solo and sing my songs and play my play my songs and tell my jokes. And then I got to know a bunch of the comedians and I'd have them, they'd come and sit in, stand in, whatever. <clears throat> so then I started producing comedy shows where go into a bar and say, listen, you know, 
what's, a, what's an off night? Give me Wednesday night. You know, give me $200, $300, $100, whatever it was back then. And I'll bring comedians and hopefully people will enjoy it and we'll do a show and, you know, and you ask X amount. Most people went for it. Mm -hmm. They did shows in every little crap hole on Long Island. You wouldn't believe it. Ooh. And uh, but but people would come out from Manhattan <clears throat> because oh. these guys are working in the city. You know, I actually passed at the comic strip, but I wouldn't go in there. I'm not going to drive all the way to the city and then park and then oh, get yeah. five dollars and do seven minutes. I'm out on Long Island doing 45 minutes and doing my stupid jokes and getting yeah. drunk and then doing these shows and. But guys, they'd come out from the city because, like Peter had a car, some people had a car, mm. and it was worth it for them because they'd make 40 bucks, they'd get a little bomb, they'd smoke a joint, they'd meet a girl, meet a guy. So it was a fun little thing. But it was rough going, and there was one specific time, and I still remember so clearly, that's what he's talking about, someplace in Suffolk, I knew nothing about hockey, okay? Oh. And <laughs> hockey... It's such a big deal, and this was right at the. I started in comedy right when the Islanders were like one, like five championships in a row or some crap like that, and we're supposed to do a comedy show, and the owner said, "You better do the show, or you won't get paid." And Carol Leifer was there, who's the girl that Elaine from Seinfeld was based on, and, and a couple other people. Oh my God! And these guys were sitting at the bar, watch, I think it was in double overtime. The, the Islanders game was in double overtime. And I had to climb up on the bar and turn off the television. Oh, no. <laughs> and, oh, my God. Uh, I mean, holy <laughs> Christ. And, and to this day, Carol Leifer remembers that. She's like, well, you, you had some balls. But, like, you didn't wow. have a choice. But that, now that's the Wild West. You know, that's I was way. on stage at a comedy club called Rascals in 1986 <laughs> when a baseball went through Bill Buckner's legs. <laughs> and up at the bar, I hear huge cheering, and seven people looked at me in total silence that were You're thinking, boy, I don't remember I that joke doing that. Oh, my God. Yeah, I shouldn't have been on stage during the World Series. So you've had tough, you've had tough wow. shows, but, but I mean... Yeah. I mean, fortunately, like I said, I haven't experienced, like, um, a show where I totally bombed, but, like, there's been shows that were not as great. Okay. When, when um, you're going on, if you're doing, like, a, a show where you're doing seven minutes, ten minutes, whatever, you, you're probably on early. So, like, you're not getting on late where everybody's drunk and crazy. That's true. I mean, sometimes, right? I mean, like, on occasion, I'll be at the end of the lineup. But, like, yeah, I'm definitely, I've obviously never headlined yet or anything. So, I'm usually I know, But I don't early. think people actually get drunk like they used to. And, you know, just in general, oh, right? Yeah, no, sometimes. Um, sometimes I they mean, do. I feel like at the clubs, like, they don't that much. But, um, you know, sometimes I'll do, like, bar shows, and there'll be, like, these drunk hecklers. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, those are always... So you're always trying out new material, right? Yeah. Okay, that's the toughest thing. Yeah, that's the toughest it. thing. Because sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But when it works, it's, like, the best feeling. It is. It makes it's your... I was talking to somebody last night. It makes your whole night. It does. And your next day, too, if the new joke works. You know, yeah. I always just told old jokes. Well, for a while, I, I, I did regular stand-up and you know when you tried something um you know, i don't know i always had a hard and fast rule and i used to share it with other people even when i stopped i said if you come up with something and you do it and it doesn't work you do it again it doesn't work 
you do it again. Three times, three strikes, you're out. Unless it's oh. something you like so much, it's like, fuck the audience, this is staying yeah. in, you know. And well, that, that, I thought it was a pretty good hard and fast, you know. Well, I mean, the audience decides what's funny, not the comedian. Yeah. Do you guys ever laugh at your own jokes? Because that's like half to so, me sometimes. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, the question is best answered by Jackie. Do you that's, ever... That's, well, that's, that's all about, I do. About that's that. all I do is laugh at my own jokes. Like, I've done that on stage, and I've fully, like, had to, like, take a second to, like, get over it. And, like, I have this one friend, Dan, and, like, it, whenever he hears a joke he likes of mine, like, we'll just come up with inside jokes about that joke. So he'll come to my shows, and I can't look at him in the audience, or else I'll start laughing Because you know what stage. he's thinking, and you... Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> But you have a bubbly character on stage, and I said yeah. you reminded me, when I first saw you, of a young Goldie Hawn. Yes, She's very oh, bubbly. Yes, which is a compliment. And it is, it's a big compliment. And Jackie effectively uses laughing at his own jokes as a comedy technique, as but do you, I, as I, do I don't you. use it, if that's yeah, something that innately it. happens. It's an innate part of, it's, it's not something, a planned thing, like uh, yeah, let me, we'll, we'll put a gunshot here and we'll slam the door here and we'll laugh there. I mean, I can't tell those stupid jokes without laughing. <laughs> and that's really and you're and in a way you're laughing at the situation here we are here here yeah. you are here you know here I am I've here. actually been working on putting together a, a one-man show or a, or a, you know a documentary about jokes and oh. stuff and it dawned on me the other day and I haven't shared this even with with my girlfriend that a joke is such an I don't want to get crazy but a, a joke is such a weird thing a joke is like a match you take a match and you light it, and, it's, and it lights. But you, you try the same match again, it, it doesn't light the second time because there's oh. no spark. And my, I, I'm thinking, when I tell a joke, I'm providing the spark. Because people That's tell me that they've heard the same joke from me 15 times and they're still laughing, and it, they get mad at me. It annoys them that they're still laughing. Well, that's because so. you tell jokes better than anybody else. Well, yeah, no, I, I people can't just tell the joke that you tell and get a laugh. They have to do it uh, the way that the, you've cultivated over a the, lifetime. Yeah, there's a little, you know, and it's and it's interesting. I, I, it's, but you know the trouble with comedy is that the minute you start talking about it and dissecting it like we are, it's like... All the fun goes flying out the yeah. window. You know? Yeah, I guess. A little bit. But how do you come you know, up with new material, you know, Courtney? Uh, you start um, discussing oh my comedy, God, my act becomes your act. <laughs> Honestly? I, yeah, he's laughing at his own joke again. I, that's all I do. Tell me about how you come up with new stuff. Wow, it's like all different places. Like one of the things like I learned in your class was like we wrote down our pet peeves and then kind of turned them into stories. And I do that a lot. And then also I'll use experiences that like happen to me, but I'll exaggerate them. And like sometimes like I'll just be in my room at like two in the morning and I'll just start thinking of funny things and like something will just come to me and I'll like get my computer, I'll quickly type out a joke and I'm like, oh my God, like this is, and I'll try it and it works. Don't, don't save it for the next morning because yeah, you won't remember it. Yeah, I do it right it. away. And, and right <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny you talk about the computer because so many times in the middle of the night you think of something and you write it down. And the next morning, you absolutely can't read what yeah. he says. <laughs> so that probably doesn't happen with a computer. Now, mm. you, you think of stories, but remember what we talked about in comedy class, topic, premise, punchline. Punch and we said yeah. over and over again, 
real life rarely works in stand-up comedy. You take mm -hmm. something that happened in real life, you exaggerate and you twist it to get yeah. the audience to laugh. Now, you're a, you're a great bubbly, happy, I'm sure you're not happy all the time, but when I see you, <laughs> She's probably you're happy miserable. on stage. Don't, don't. You're not happy all the time. You She's can't, no, nobody probably can be miserable. Are you, you're, but you're a pretty happy person. Is yeah, in general, I'm a pretty happy person. And I, and I would want you to exaggerate on stage. Yeah, I'm definitely like on stage, like I'm just an exaggerated version of myself. Um, as many comedians are, I that, mean. You, as you should, <laughs> of course, do. of course. Right, that's what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, you haven't, don't ever forget about the fun. You having fun out there? What's fun oh, for yes. you? What's um, fun in stand-up? Just like, I feel like I'm on stage and I just enjoy every second of it. And like, I feel like I've always had the persona I have on stage. And now that I do stand-up, it gives me a chance to like get it out. Yes. Like, you know, I would just because you can't with really do thing. that when you're acting yeah like I can't really and I can't really say all these dumb things I come up with in real life so I just like I take it to the stage and I just get it all out and um, I just love like you know the energy of the audience like just feeding off of them and like they're having a good time and it just makes me so happy do you oh, tape yourself every show not every show but I try to as much as I can um, sometimes I would I, hate I would myself. say that is one of the most hard and fast rules is to, but I don't know, like, what do people use iPhones? I used to have that micro cassette recorder, mm -hmm. and I recorded every show for years and years and years, but it never <laughs> failed that if I was doing something and I either had an aside or a heckle, I'd be like off mic a little and I would yell something or say something, and it'd be the biggest laugh of my show. And you couldn't make it out on the, I, if I had a nickel, <laughs> yeah. how many times I played back the, oh God, you oh, get that's so frustrated. Here's a piece of advice. If you're ever mm -hmm. recording yourself on your iPhone, just be careful because at the improv back in the day, <laughs> somebody put their tape recorder on a shelf in the back and a couple of comics didn't know the tape recorder was right there and they were standing close and they said to each other, this guy sucks. I can't believe they put him on. No. Yeah. Oh and my who God. were they talking about? <laughs> I can't. I don't actually remember. I no remember way. the incident. I don't remember who the comedian was. But you've got to be I careful. think I do, but I'm not going to take a, a shot. I mean, I wasn't in that, that oh, neck of the woods. That is so traumatizing. It's a famous story. It's a good idea to record if you can. It's hard. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to listen back to it. I have a tripod, so I always like, I try to set yeah. that up if I can. Um, oh my God, Jackie, I actually have a question for you. So you were a writer on the Howard Stern show. Did you ever meet Beetlejuice? Of course. <laughs> no way. Oh my God, I'm so jealous. <laughs> please, please. How do you spell that? For you red? people that don't know, <laughs> there's this misshapen black dwarf, and I don't even know if he's a dwarf. He's about three feet tall. I assume he's still alive. <laughs> yes, he is. And he, he started coming on maybe a year before I left. And this guy is so odd and misshapen <laughs> and so weird looking. And he's a moron. <laughs> and, and he's an egomaniac. If you can possibly put those in the same jar and shake it up and spit it out. There was not a time that that guy walked into the studio that me and Fred, the other writer, didn't look at each other and go, what the? F I mean, he's so you never funny. prepared. <laughs> You never prepared for it. 
Oh, that, no, you that don't guy, want anything to do with it. No, that. I've been laughing at that guy since I was in, like, elementary school. Like, <laughs> I always watch his videos. Did you see the part where, like, Howard Stern asked him, like, how do you spell red? And he goes, uh, red, L-S-T-E-R. <laughs> I... <laughs> Courtney's a fan. Those things I, went on and on and on. Oh, God. It, oh. It, just, it just, you know, it, it pushed all comedy off the table. Ah. You know what I mean? <laughs> because there's nothing funny after that. I mean, it, he, it's not that he's not funny. He's funny. But he's, for all the wrong reasons. You're laughing <laughs> at him for all the reasons you shouldn't. Well, you know. But you're laughing. That's oh, yeah. God. You know. I, I follow him everywhere. Courtney, Courtney, Otera, I am predicting a successful career in comedy, stand-up, acting for you. And I will be setting Courtney up on a date with Beetlejuice. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. I'd love that. Courtney, Otera, she's out there at the comedy clubs, out and about, starting out in stand-up comedy. Not easy to do, right? No, definitely not. But it's Spell her last name again. A-U-T-E-R-A. Courtney, Otera. And uh, this has been Stand Up Memories. Thank you for inspiring the next generation. Of she is the next generation. She is the next generation, the generation after her. Yes. And uh, reminding us what it was like when we had to start out. Stand Up Memories, Jackie the Joke Man Martling, Peter Bales, our special guest, Courtney Otero. Thank you. And thank you, Peter, for a fun show. <laughs> Don't you want to plug your comedy class? Oh, my comedy class. My Peter comedy has a school. comedy class. I didn't know that. And and Courtney it's Otera a comedy is, school is a proud people graduate. People pay money. Standupuniversity.com. <laughs> Go check it out. And we'll see you next time on Stand Up Memory. That was a pretty good episode. A new episode every Wednesday with me, Peter Bales, Jackie the Joke Man Martling, comedians, interesting people. Leave a comment. We'll, we're gonna get, we'll get uh, what am I saying? I don't know. We're gonna get back to you. We will respond to your comment. StandUpMemories.com, if you go there, it shows all the different platforms. Oh, Spotify, we're on everything. Every Wednesday. Stand Up Memories. Every Wednesday. A new episode.